It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. It's bound to be pouring down in Manchester, that's all right. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lotus, Hurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks as always for making your way here for uh, checking out the series. Of course, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of the interviews that I put out every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones. You can do so at all the usual places, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, at nprwfpk.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of my recent guests have included, uh, let's see, Art Alexakis from Everclear, Paul Rogers of Bad Company and Free, at The Kill Zone, Japanese House, Brandon Flowers of The Killers. We had the filmmakers behind Pain Hustlers on Netflix and Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+. I talked with uh, Chris Shiflett of The Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Susan Tedeschi, Josh Radner of How I Met Your Mother, Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today welcoming back Johnny Marr. I love it when Johnny stops by. He's got uh, not one, but two new projects we're going to talk about. Uh, first off, Soul Power, the best of Johnny Marr. It's a, uh, a best of collection, greatest hits collection that uh, focuses on uh, the most recent decade of his career, the, the past 10 years. And he's got a book called Mars Guitars. So we're going to talk about how the book came to tell his life story. Uh, through the instruments featured in those pages, uh, lending some of his best guitars to uh, Radiohead, Oasis, New Order, Franz Ferdinand, among others, uh, and the one he bought while he was here in Louisville that he named after Muhammad Ali. Uh, Johnny's also going to go on to discuss his signature sound, uh, a preference to write from feeling, what he sees as the defining traits of the past 10 years, and his love of uh, Tom Petty and Blondie's best of collections. You get all that and more as we discuss Soul Power, the best of Johnny Marr, and the book Mars Guitars. It's Kyle Meredith with Johnny Marr. Hi, Kyle. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. You've got 
a lot going on this time around. We get to talk about a new best of compilation called Spirit Power and this uh, really fun new book that you put out that I think you're actually touring a little bit right now with the uh, the book readings, uh, 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 Mars Guitars, uh, all converging at once. That must be planned a little bit. It, you know, it was either really great accidental planning or it was really bad planning. I'm kind of not sure which it is. It was uh, the the book, which is it's called Mars Guitars. It's a it's a collection of uh, it's a collection of my guitars. I'll talk about that in a minute if you want. But that the planning of that was it, that just was going to happen when it was going to happen because things you know are to do with scheduling of the shoots and then getting it all together and the layout and when the publishers want to put it out. Uh, but it was like a convergence, I guess is the word because. Um, I, I guess it must have been about 14, 15 months ago, my management in the record company, we had, we had a meeting and they put it to me. My manager basically knows me very well. He said, uh, okay, so I know you're going to go back in the studio and start making another record, right? Because kind of what that's my go-to. I said, yeah. He said, well, don't. Because, uh, you know, you need to give everyone a little bit of a break. You just put two uh, double album out and, and me and the record company think you should... Uh, celebrate the 10 years of the solo career with a with like a do like a compilation like a best of so it, that came from somebody else and uh but and the book was already gathering steam and that was going to come out when it was going to come out so these two things are both come out at the same time and um so i guess uh everybody was everybody pretended that it was um it was on purpose well, in fact it's not but it's kind of cool the way it's worked out we've got i've got these gigs when i get home I've got two big shows at this new, beautiful new uh, concert hall, brand new building in Manchester. Uh, um, so we put an orchestra together for that. So there's a whole load of stuff going on. I'm, I'm, I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Well, it, it is fun to see them both because, you know, looking back at the last 10 years with the uh, with the, with Spirit Power Best Of, but also, as you say in the book, in, in the beginning of it, that it gave you an opportunity to sort of tell your life story through these guitars. And I think as a fan, that was a really great way to kind of, to kind of get into it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, that, that honestly was unexpected. That again was not uh, the vision for the book was, was purely that um, for anyone, people who get to see it or are interested in it. Um, it came about because my friend Pat Graham, who's a really ace photographer, he specializes in these really close up, super detailed macro photographs where he goes really in on a, a rusty bit of the guitar or a crack where it's been beaten up against a microphone stand. And they're the things he likes. So these beautiful abstract photographs. And many years ago, I thought, oh, wow, I'd love to be able to uh, put a book out of that using my guitars as the as the source material. So it wasn't this idea of a retrospective thing or, hey, hey, everybody, look at how great my guitar collection is. It was just these, a coffee table book of beautiful abstract photographs with my guitars as the material. And that's I, I proceeded on that basis. And then in the shooting of all the photos and the, getting all these guitars together and all of that, these stories just came out about them. Uh, and then, you know, these remembering that Ed O'Brien reminded me that I gave loaned Radiohead three guitars for when they did in Rainbows. And then I remembered that with Bernard Sumner, he told me that I'd loaned him like, what my friend, favorite Red Les Paul. And he, I remember what he phoned me and saying that he'd done this new order track he was really happy with. This was in the 90s and that was regret. And uh, 
that's a great song. So that was done on one of my guitars. And then Franz Ferdinand used one. And then Chrissy Hine gave me one. And now Rogers. And then I wrote Meet His Murder on this one. All this stuff came out in the in the making of this photograph book. So then that became a, just a, a part of the book in its own right. But I never planned on telling my life story through these guitars. That was just a bonus. So for people who are interested in myself and the Smiths and Modest Mouse and um, New Order and Radiohead and Pet Shop Boys and all this stuff, uh, that was just a nice part of the process, uh, a real bonus that came out of all of this. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines, some of them, work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Johnny Marr. Well, you know, and I'm over here, of course. I, I, I read like, oh, that was the guitar that was played on this song. And I, I'll jump on, I'll listen to that song real quick. Or or I'll think of a song and like try to find which, like it ends up becoming this really fun game. What I didn't expect, of course, was you you showed a picture of uh, the Fender Telecaster. I'm in Louisville. And you were saying that was one you bought here while you were in uh, while you were in Louisville with Modest Mouse. I remember last time we talked, so that's right. I think I might have mentioned Louisville because for a, a British boy growing up in the 70s, uh, Louisville is all about is all it's all about the champ, you know, and and uh, so about Muhammad Ali. Um, so I was very excited to be in Louisville, and uh, and then I just happened to we happened to find this dead cool guitar store, and it all came together as uh, yeah. So I talk about that in the book. I do call it the Louisville Slugger because I'm from England, you know. Uh, but I got a Telecaster, and it's a real it's a real like uh, machine that guitar. Weighs a ton, but uh, usually that means it sounds kind of dark. So yeah, I remember that show. I was I was buzzing 
to to be there. Yeah. So I've yeah. got the Louisville Slugger in there. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's the only thing you could have called it. I mean, you could have called it the champ, I guess, but eh, a little slugger, a little bit, but hey, next time that you've given me a good reason to get another guitar in Louisville. Well done. <laughs> Come on back. These, there's some of these guitars, of course, as, as you point out in the book that you become known for, whether it's uh, the Rickenbacker 330, uh, Gibson ES355. When you have these guitars, and of course you have all of these guitars as you told us 130 something, whatever it was, but, um, but when you become known for something, for a sound, for a look, does that tempt you to go to those when you're when you're writing a song like, oh, maybe, maybe I throw them a bow. Maybe this one gets to sound like whatever song from 30 years ago. That's a good point. So in the book, uh, I was excited to illustrate that the guitar that um, I mentioned earlier, the Redless Paul that Bernard used in New Order, that's the sound of that of, of a lot of my kind of let's call them signature for fans signature riffs headmaster ritual generate generate of my solo career um that joke isn't funny anymore i want the one i can't have uh, we share the same skies with the cribs and then more recently pretty boy with no gallagher um people just assume that's a rickenbacker because it's this kind of chiming arpeggio thing and it's a good question because when I went to play on Noel's last album, um, or if I if, if someone asked me to come and play on a record tomorrow, I will now. So the answer is yes. I will bring that guitar because it makes me it makes me do a thing that people want me to do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm happy now to have something that people want me to do. Hey, listen, you know, I've done a. I play a lot of different guitar parts that don't sound like this jamming man. All right, over forty years with all these different bands, um, but I've got no problem bringing to whether it's something with Hans Zimmer or whoever I've been privileged enough to play with. If if I can find those melodies for him, that's a good thing, you know. And that guitar helps me find those melodies. Yeah. Hearing you talk about the way you talk about it, and and even thinking about how you've. You, you you've talked about even some of the newer songs like somewhere uh, like you use the word banger you know or something like that do you find that you write from feeling more than story at all usually nearly always uh i have i write down ideas for stories and concepts and it's a long, long list in a lot of books that don't really come out because I tend to find, I was hearing, listening to Paul Simon talking about this as well. I have these ideas that, for concepts of songs and titles and stuff like that, but generally uh, I'm, I'm led by the music and all of these ideas I've got often don't really fit the emotion or contrast enough the emotions because sometimes with the art of songwriting, it's a good device to just, switch it really round so if you've got like a really upbeat song i have this song called armatopia and the, the actual subject matter of that song is actually very serious it's a it's an eco song what i called an eco disco song now um uh, if i'd have just written those if i'd have written a song about the ecology and about the burning seas and um and, mar and married that to some music that was very somber. It just would have been like a pity fest and it wouldn't really have been a particularly good listen. But that's one of the great things about being a songwriter. I, I, mar I mar married it to a, a kind of upbeat kind of disco banger. And um, it, so it's basically, this is how we're going to dance to the end of the world. And that brings a different element into it that 
just made me want to finish the song. And when I play it on stage, it, it's a good way. It amuses me that I get this cross, this message across of uh, equal, you know, ecological doom. That's why it's called Armatopia. It's the cross between like Armageddon and and uh, Newtopia. So, uh, but to guess to answer your question, uh, I am. I generally I, I'm led by feeling. I'm led by a feeling in the music. I either want to contrast it, or or I want to uh, uh, honor it. You know, or enhance it. And and then you know, in some of those moods that you've recorded through the years, I mean, of course, you know, we think of it all the way back with How Soon Is Now and how that song feels. And and for what that song meant to me probably isn't a surprise when, you know, we get to songs like, I'm, I'm looking at my list here, like Spiral Cities and The yeah. Beast, you know, that there's a darkness of those and a moodiness to those, which still has this groove to it. When you lock into the stuff, man, you are checking all my boxes. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Kel. I appreciate that. It's good that, um, see, Spiral Cities would definitely be one of the favourite songs I've ever done, and I'm so proud of that song. And when I, when I do it live, I'm proud of the band. I don't know whether proud's the right word, but I enjoy it um, because, uh, it you know, when it came out, some fans were like, oh, it's so 80s. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. Well, I'm from the 80s, you know, so what? And then, uh, you know, like, it, so it's a good thing. But when we play it, uh, especially if we play at festivals when there's other bands on the bill, I, I know people aren't going to hear another song like that during that day. It, it's unusual. Uh, it sets up an atmosphere. It does have a groove. I'm not trying to beat someone to the race to the finish line in a race to get to number one in the pop charts. I'm just trying to set up a cool listen for four minutes. And um, yeah, the priest housing is now they they are coming from the same kind of headspace in that they're very uh, heady. The kind of heady music, you know, and uh, I like that's my favorite thing. Even if it, even if it's in a a modern pop song, if it's heady at the same time, I can a little like a little oral movie, if you like. It's kind of like being on drugs without having to be a druggie. <laughs> it's very well <laughs> said because that paints the picture perfectly. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Johnny Marr. And yeah. Vincent, you know, you, yeah, I know I've got the poster over my shoulder with Depeche Mode, but, you know, covering I Feel You, I mean, that fits all in there. And I, I think I remember one of our earlier interviews when you were very much in that Depeche Mode headspace and and that. But uh, quickly, because I know we're hitting the clock here, um, you know, the new songs, too, was Somewhere and The Answer. And you've got to have that, you know, it's a best of, but you represent something new on this. When you look at this 10 years do you find that anything defines this era for you? Like now it's an era. Yeah, it is an era. I guess, well, uh, you know, just for me, Spiral City is, is a is a big part of it. I think for people looking at it from the outside, if, if they heard Hi Hello, perhaps, because it's it's got echoes of what I've done in the past, uh, and but I'm singing on it, so uh, it's, it's a different thing because, you know, you hear my voice in it. Um, I guess Easy Money. That was a, Easy Easy Money was a big song in Europe. So I have people who come to see me in my it shows now in the audience who, when I would do Easy Money, you can say, "Oh, it's this guy. He's, he's you know the Easy Money guy." Uh, I, seriously, I could play this charming man or How Soon Is Now, and the audience are reacting. And so, but for a lot of people, they go, "Oh, it's that guy." So. Um, I'm hoping that the new ones can sort of add to that, but for me, it would be the ones you've mentioned. I guess like Sparrow Cities is really is very much the one. Maybe 
maybe spirit power and soul has added to that it's a because quite a lot of this to, it's to do with the way i sing i guess now you know like um because uh i'm very lucky my band you know my band like have encouraged me like you mentioned when we did the depeche mode cover um i was playing the riff and you and my bass player uh was like oh what what's that? So I started, I said, oh, yes, I feel you, Depeche Mode. So I started singing it and he said, wow, it really suits your voice. So, uh, you know, the band have got a distinctive sound. I know I'm known for being a guitar player, but we sound like us. And um, I think it's a good valid listen. When I, when I was uh, a teenager, two bands I really liked uh, put out best of, Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers and, um, and Blondie. So I already had the records and I knew the songs, but I like that they put out a best of. I thought that was really cool, you know. My sister would buy it and a couple of my pals and stuff. So I'm thinking along the same lines with this best of, really. Do the similar kind of job to to those bands. I'd be, I'm in good company, you know. I'm still a big fan of best ofs. And and Blondie, I'm, I know you're on the new record, too. I'm really looking forward to hearing. With, I was talking with Clem not too long ago. He was telling me about that. I can't wait to hear yeah. what that's like as well. Blondie's, Blondie sound like, still sound like Blondie and no one else. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um i love this stuff i love that it's all happening at once mars guitars is a great book spirit power the best of johnny mar it's always a pleasure talking to you man thanks so much for taking the time thank you carl oh i appreciate you man yeah come down to louisville buy another guitar yeah well that's a good sentence <laughs> right on thank you so thanks, much man. have fun kyle and my thanks to Johnny Marr, Soul Power, The Best of Johnny Marr, and Mars Guitars, the books, both out now. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the episode. Before you get out of here again, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out. New interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three a week to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones. Again, you can do so at uh, any of the usual spots, including Spotify at uh, Apple Podcast, at NPR, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org. It's right to a show, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the best in new music. There are bonus interviews, lots of music news as well. One of my recent episodes had the music of Ramones, The Fix, Squeeze, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Polaris, Throwing Muses, Grantley Buffalo, New Pornographers, The B-52s, Prince, Joni Mitchell, Peter Searcy, Bush, Princess Goes, Violent Femmes, the Doors, Brittany Howard, uh, The Killers, Lowe, M. Ward, Sarah McLachlan, Michelle and Deggie Ocello, uh, The Hives, Fiona Apple, Duran Duran, Kate Pearson, and my interview with Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Uh, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also catch me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. And I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. Consequence Podcast Network. That's sunny Californian days. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.